Welcome to Nats Weekly. I'm your host, D-Mac. And on this week's show, we're going to be talking about a lot of things. What went right for us last week, what went wrong, what we have going on with the injured list. Getting Juan Soto back. And my biggest thing this week, what are we going to do about the lineup? I have a crazy idea of who's going to be heading leadoff. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Nats Weekly. Enjoy the show. All right, we're going to talk about all that and more, but first, we got to talk about Major League Baseball as a whole because our season's in jeopardy, period. It's in jeopardy. Last weekend, Marlins came out, had 21 members of their traveling party test positive for COVID. 21, and I think it was 17 players. Obviously, all their games were canceled all week long, including their three games set with the Nationals. After that, the Phillies games were canceled all week long because they had just played the Marlins, and there was concern that, hey, there might be a test in here too. Or, you know, I think three three members of their staff actually tested, but uh, word coming out now that possibly it was uh, some false positives. Then on top of that, we had the Cardinals series this weekend postponed against the Brewers. To me, to me, this is nuts, but it's not unexpected. I mean, it's not crazy. And let's talk about how they happen. Let's talk about that because I think that's that's the part that's disgusting. That's the part that that as a fan, as a player for another team, you're frustrated. As commissioner of Major League, you're frustrated because reports are that the Marlins had members of their team go out to a bar in Atlanta. Like, why are there not protocols in place? Why are these players able to go out like that for two months? They need to, they need to cut it out. Two months, they got to not go out. Stay within their team. Stay within the hotel when they're traveling. And I, I get it. You know, they're young. You know, they want to go out. They want to live life. But there's a very good chance things could be ruined because of this. 21 members. Again, 21 members of their team tested positive. There are also reports of the Cardinals being seen out in casinos. And again, I don't know if this is true. None of these have been confirmed. Um, but if it is, it, it's, it's heartbreaking. Because as a player, you're being very selfish. You're putting your, Not only are you putting yourself in danger, but you're putting the other players, their families, the clubhouse workers, all of them are being put in danger. And in the end, is it really worth it? A couple nights at a bar in Atlanta, is that really worth it? Ruining the MLB season? To me, no. To a fan, no. Because things got to be put in place to have the season work. And and I, I blame Rob Manfred. He didn't tighten down enough. He didn't come out and say, hey, these are the protocols we're going to have. You are not going to be doing this, not going to be doing that. And if you are, then you're suspended the rest of the year. That's exactly what he should have done. I think he, he needs to do it now. He needs to step up and say, okay, hey, we've had these incidents. We haven't even got through 10 games. It took three games before we've had problems with the schedule. Three games. Inexcusable. Inexcusable. And who knows how or when those games are going to be made up. You know, as a Nats fan, my concern is, hey, we just lost three games with the Marlins. You know, luckily, we're going to see them multiple times. And we can fit a doubleheader in there, doubleheader in there. If that's what they want to do. But who knows how many more games from here on are going to be canceled. I can understand if you're following all the protocols and you have an outbreak, how that's a problem, but that's not what happened. 
you got 28 other teams that are doing things right. 28 other teams that aren't going out. The players are sacrificing that time, that free time to go out to say, hey, I want Major League Baseball to succeed this year. And you're being selfish and choosing to go to a bar or casino. And I think you're going to you're gonna have a, a different reaction from here on out. You know, since then, Lorenzo Cain has opted out from the Brewers. Can't fault him. Cannot fault him at all. It wouldn't surprise me if more people opted out. Uh, I saw the Marlins' Isan Diaz opted out. He saw firsthand how, how it spread through a clubhouse. And he didn't want to put his, his health at risk. But as Major League Baseball, as a whole, they have to find a way to control it. I know they, they, they hired these compliance officers, which are in charge of making sure players are following the right protocols now. But you got to step it up. you got to lock it down. It's got to be locked down in place as far as players are not allowed to go to these places, this place, or that place, or we're not going to finish this season. We won't even get halfway through the season. That's just my take. Now that we got that out of the way, let's talk baseball. And I want to hear your take. All right, I want to hear your take. Make sure you follow me at Nats Weekly on Twitter. If you want to call into the show, call in, leave a message. If your message gets played, you'll be entered in a drawing to win uh, some Nats gear. Call in at 305-809-6287. That's 305-809-NATS. All right, on the field, went 2-3 and three with a heartbreaking loss to the Yankees on Sunday, I'd say. I'd say heartbreaking. It's not really heartbreaking. Definitely a game we thought we should have won. Patrick Corbin threw a gem, absolute gem, deserved to win the game. You know, six and a third innings, gave up one one home run, left with a 2-1 two, two, lead before our bullpen uh, blew it, but... With that game and the next two against the Blue Jays, you really saw our, our offensive struggle. You really saw us missing Juan Soto. And and we do we do need him back. And thank goodness there's everything's pointing that direction. But two games after that against the Blue Jays, we score a total of two runs. Third game against the Blue Jays, we don't score until the tenth inning. I mean it was our offense looked bad. I'm not gonna lie, it looked bad. Now we turned around and, and we hit Thursday. We won Wednesday's game in extra innings 4-0 to and then turned around and put up six runs Thursday against the Blue Jays. And and what's our offense kind of wake up a little bit? Trey Turner hit his first home run of the year early in the week. Michael A. Taylor added his team-leading, let me say that again, team-leading second home run of the year on Thursday. But if our offense doesn't step up, we're going to have a lot of 2-1 lot of games, 3-1. You know, we pitched well, I feel like. One of the concerning things is the number of home runs we've given up this year. But the great news is most of them have been solo home runs. I think we gave up four home runs to Teoscar Hernandez. Four. All four of them were solo home runs. Thank you. Our bullpen pitched well, again, continuing to step up. Tanner Rainey has done what he's, what kind of I've, I've expected him to do. He's been our best arm out of the bullpen by far. I mean, this week he pitched in four different games. Four of the five games he pitched in. Gave up one run. Four of the five gave up one run. If he continues to grow, continues to to figure out his control issues that he's had the past couple of years, uh, then he'll be set for a, a back end of the bullpen job. A little concerning is the back end of the bullpen. I mean, Sean Doolittle, he, he, he struggled a little bit as far as his, his velocity's down a little bit. But, you know, I say he struggled, but we're so early, you can't really say that. Will Harris hasn't looked overly impressive, but I would say they could both obviously turn around I, I I'd give him a chance with what Will Harris did last year won five ERA throughout the regular season what Sean Doolittle did, did for us 
I think he just got to reinvent himself a little bit. He's got to find a way to work those secondary pitches a little more. I know he's always been that high fastball guy, but I don't know if if losing that velocity, if he can still continue to do that. Both Starlin Castro and Carter Keboom kind of came out of their shell a little bit at the end of the week. Castro had a big four-hit game, and then Keboom reached in like, I don't know, six, seven straight plate appearances, something like that. Uh, he ended up going only three for, three of five for the week because they only played on Wednesday, Thursday, but he did he walked three times. So of his eight plate appearances, he reached six times, and I believe all six of those were in a row. If Keboom can continue to have professional at-bats like he did, then we're, we'll be in good shape, especially the one he had in the extra innings. It was like an eight-pitch at-bat, nine-pitch. He's taking pitch, fouling pitches off, and he ended up taking a walk. Sign me up for that. I will take that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Keep it up, Keyboom. All right, very very concerned with injuries right now. I mean, in, in such a short season, losing the guy for two weeks is like losing him for two months during the season. Got to be concerned. Uh, already, Will Harris has been has been put on the I.L., he was put on the I.L. with a strained groin. You know, it's retroactive to Wednesday, so hopefully he, it only lasts 10 days is the, is the hope. And that 10 days, w- with us not playing, you know, four of those days, then hopefully he doesn't really miss too much time. Uh, Howie Kendrick was scratched from the lineup on Wednesday, did not play on Thursday, has some back tightness. Hopefully that continues to get better. Again, having those four days off actually probably helped him quite a bit. So hopefully he can find a way to heal too. Eric Thames looked gimpy, we'll say. Hit a couple balls where he was running them out and really, gosh, he looked like he was struggling running. He really looked like he was struggling, but he, he found a way to, to get through it. And then obviously Carter Keboom, you know, didn't play much in the first series. Sat out at the beginning of the Blue Jays series. Talk of him having a, a small groin issue as well. That, that's the bad news. The good news is uh, Juan Soto's coming back. I'm sorry, did I say good news? I meant great news. Yeah, Juan Soto should be back this week. Should be back on Tuesday when we face the Mets. Can't wait to see him in the lineup. Can't wait. I know he's excited. I know he's happy. I know, you know, not being part of the team, not being around the team has probably has had him very frustrated, especially because he feels like his tests were false positives. Having him back is going to be a huge deal. Wander Suero still working to get back. That'll give us another arm out of the bullpen, which I think we, we are in dire need of right now, especially with Strasburg not pitching yet. You know, word word is that, that Strasburg is feeling good, but he hasn't even thrown off a mound yet. He's only thrown off flat ground. I'm not sold on him being back out there this week. He might miss one more start, just kind of get his arm back in into it. When you're when you're starting Austin Voth and Eric Fetty, you gotta have guys who can pitch that fifth, sixth, seventh. And right now I don't know not you know having Wander Swear, he could be one of those guys who could pitch the sixth inning. Ryan Harper has looked good, been a pleasant surprise so far. But I think having Suero, who who yes he's not perfect, he's not going to go out there and give you ten straight scoreless innings, but he can go out there and give you a sixth inning, maybe even a seventh inning. So he's getting his velocity back. David Martinez said, you know his velocity was a little down. Getting it back, definitely need him back. Definitely. Most excitement as far as injured injured list is we are getting Juan Soto back. Way too excited for that right now, and I know he's he's amped. Now with getting Soto back this week, um, leads me to my next segment, which call me crazy. I got I have a crazy idea, and and I I feel like Davey Martinez might be searching around too. You tell me what you think. Again, call into the show. 
305-809-NATS. Call in, tell me what you think. Again, that's 305-809-6287. But I have this crazy idea for the lineup, and it might only work this year. Tell me what you think. Batting leadoff should be Juan Soto. Nah, don't jump, don't jump on me yet, but Juan Soto should bat leadoff. Two reasons. Reason number one, you want him batting third, ideally. Ideally, you want him batting third, but you don't want to disrupt Trey Turner leadoff, Adam Eaton second. So if you hit him third, then you got lefty, lefty, back to back, which you don't want. Because now a team could bring in a lefty with a three batter minimum, face both Eaton and Soto, and only have to face one righty. You don't want that at all. So my idea is based on the fact you want your best player getting the most at-bats as possible. Hit him first. In a 60-game season, that's over 30 at-bats you're talking between first and fourth. I'm not saying Trey Turner doesn't deserve the leadoff at-bats. I'm just saying Juan Soto needs to get as many at-bats as possible. Now, hear, hear me all the way out, okay? You got Soto hitting leadoff. Hit number two, his protection, you're going to have Trey Turner. So he's only falling down one spot in the lineup. So you have Soto, Turner, Eaton, one, two, three. Hitting fourth, you th- throw Kendrick fourth. Again, Soto, Turner, Eaton, Howie Kendrick, your first four. Put Soto first. Your five, six, seven is going to be a combination of Eric Thames, Asdrubal Cabrera, Starlin Castro, Kurt Suzuki, Jan Gomes. Okay, whatever combination is playing that day, you have them hitting there. Five, six, seven. Eighth, you hit Victor Robles. And ninth, you hit Carter Keyboom. Now hear me out. Hear me out before you, before you shut me off. Hear me out. Okay, Carter Keyboom, young player. You want him to develop. You want him to have success. You take all the pressure off of him if you hit him ninth. Again, last couple games, he looked like a professional hitter. He took pitches. When he hit the ball, he hit the ball hard. But the reason you put him ninth is you take the pressure off him. But then if he does succeed, which you think he is, you believe in him as a Nats organization. I mean, you have to believe in him. Otherwise, you wouldn't have given up on Rendon. But if you really, really, truly believe in him, then you hit him in front of Soto and you give him a chance to get on base. And now Soto has Robles, who's like a leadoff hitter, hitting eighth. Carter Keboom hitting ninth. And then Soto. I, I know, I know it's unconventional, but I feel like Davey's open to that. I mean, there were times where Robles hit ninth last year in front or behind the pitcher. And I feel like without the DH, I'm sorry, I feel like with the DH, you're going to have those guys on base for Soto. And then you have protection behind Soto with Trey Turner. I don't know. Call the hotline. Tell me what you think. 305-809-6287. That's 305-809-NATS. I want to hear it. I want you to tell me how wrong I am. I'd like to see Davey do it a couple games. Hit Soto leadoff. Digest that right now. All right, this week in baseball, we got New York Mets coming to town for two. Two games set there and three against Baltimore. You know, with having the four days off, with not having the Marlins series, we have our rotation lined up. We should have Scherzer and Corbin going first two against the Mets. Maybe Strasburg comes back Friday against Baltimore. If not, then you go Anibal Sanchez and then possibly Eric Fetty, Austin Voth, whatever works in there. Uh, key is getting Strasburg healthy. We're at a point we're at a point in the year where, you know, the Braves are six and three. Braves are six and three, Nats are 
are three and four. In a 60-game set, you can't have, you can't let them run away early. They're already up two games on, on the Nats. You know, we haven't played them yet, which is a good thing. We got to find a way to take care of the Mets for two, and then we got Baltimore for three after that. So, best case scenario, we go ahead and, you know, win all those. But honestly, if the offense can, can, can continue to find its swing and we continue to play baseball, then that's be quite all right. And that's going to be it for our show this week. Remember, new shows drop every Sunday. If you need to get in contact with us, you can always email us at natsweekly at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at natsweekly. Or if you want to call into the show, remember the number is 305-809-NATS. That's 305-809-6287. I'm your host, D-Max, signing off. Go Nats.